Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, we are live on a Tuesday. We're coming to you on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. So welcome to another live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm joined today by Amy Rucka. Rebecca. Uh-huh. I, I knew I was going to mess that up. So Rebecca, Amy, thanks for joining me today on the show. Excited to hear your story, your journey, how to get where you are. First off, I'm your host, Kevin Daisy, and also the founder of Array Digital. We exist to help law firms grow their pipeline using digital marketing. So Amy, let's just jump right into it. Tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started, and your journey to getting to where you are today. Well, it's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. And I, it's quite common that I have to explain my last name. I'm good with that. I actually, my maiden name is Amy Brown, so I never had to explain it until I married my husband, changed my name. And so, so now it's kind of fun because I get to actually have to explain it. You know, my journey really is, I actually never wanted to be an attorney and I didn't grow up with that. I actually wanted to be Indiana Jones. I actually have an undergraduate degree in archaeology. I grew up in a household with some financial instability on occasion. And it happened to be that financial instability coincided with my decision. Do I go to graduate school and be a poor Indiana Jones in my mind? Or, oh, wait, all lawyers are um, wealthy. Let me go to law school. So I made the decision to go to law school absolutely on a whim. Like I had never met an attorney up until that point. I actually remember the moment sitting on my undergraduate campus where I was, what I was thinking, what I was doing. So I went to law school being somewhat of an A-type personality. I did well in law school. I got a job offer in my second year of law school. And so I was floating into my third year of law school with an offer already. And I went to work in a, I guess it would be a big law you know, I don't know necessarily what the pure definition of it is, but it was a big law environment in Miami doing product liability defense work for major automobile manufacturers. And I did that for five years and I was really good at it. I could excel at it when I really wanted it, but I didn't enjoy it. I knew I didn't want to be necessarily a partner in that environment. I, I made that decision pretty early on. And so I changed environments. I went in-house for an insurance defense company and I, you know, did red light, green light type insurance work, defense work for clients. And I was in trial constantly. And again, I was really, I was a very good litigator and I realize now why that was, but I didn't enjoy that environment either. And so Again, I made a conscious decision. I need, I want to do something else. And I fell into being a law firm owner. I did not intend to be a law firm owner. In fact, I didn't actually consider myself a law firm owner for quite some time. I considered myself an attorney practicing law with her own law firm. And I fell into estate planning because it was something that was always interesting to me. And initially I was like, oh, it's just wills. I can do a will. And I didn't recognize, you know, how complex the practice area was, but I was very fortunate that I mentored with an individual in Miami who did high net worth estate planning. And he was really an incredible mentor for me and, you know, helped me understand certain things, not just about estate planning. And this was in 2010 to around 2012, not just about estate planning, but also a little bit more about running a business and that's sort of when I started having an inkling of I'm a law firm owner, 
which makes me a business owner. (laughs) Yeah. I moved to Atlanta in 2013. uh, When my husband transferred up here, I needed to get licensed here in the state of Georgia. And so about 2014 is when I relaunched my firm here in Atlanta, Georgia. And that's really when I recognized I have no network here. I have this brand new business. I need to get a network. I need to run it like a business. And I started really the journey of being a business owner and, you know, focusing on estate planning. And so that's kind of, you know, the journey to my current law practice and my current business, which is Atlanta Wills and Trusts, as you mentioned, and located sort of in the North Metro area of Atlanta, Georgia. And I focus pretty exclusively. I'm sure we're going to get to that. I focus. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead and ask me. (laughs) Yeah. So Amy and I had got a chance to speak yesterday prior to the show. So just learn a bit more about her business and what she's doing with her marketing and see if there's any opportunities for us to help. And so through that, got to learn more about her business, which is it comes to marketing or advertising is super important to understand the business, what your goals are. And so for Amy, found out really she has a focus or a niche, if you will, uh, not just in wills, trusts and states, but working with women. So tell us a little bit more about how you kind of got to that point. And, you know, I assume you didn't start that way. You probably noticed some need for that. And uh, so give us a little background on that. Yeah, it's a classic see need, fill a need situation. And yes, I did not exclusively practice focusing on that. In fact, I didn't exclusively practice estate planning. I was doing elder law and estate planning. And I won't go into the differences necessarily, but I did recognize that I enjoy estate planning. And so I started focusing more and wanting to work more with those clients. And then when I started looking even closer at estate planning, I started recognizing almost like a human behaviors of why individuals do estate planning. And I really recognized a difference between why why women approach me versus why men approach me. And I actually got mad at my practice colleagues saying, why are individual why are my my colleagues, my estate planning colleagues not recognizing that women do this differently? And then it was like, why not me? I should do that. And that's really kind of the genesis. And I didn't probably transition right away. Like you said, it took a couple of years. And then to be honest, Kevin, it took me having the courage to say, I want to help women protect who they love the most. And I had a whole conversation with my husband about why (laughs) this, and he's like, you're, you know, excluding half the market. And there was all these things. And then, you know, I finally just had the courage to say, no, this is what I want to do. And I've been successful at it. And I've been able to, you know, help women protect who they love the most and, you know, provide an opportunity for women to approach estate planning the way, you know, they want to approach estate planning. No, I love it. And I think mine's not the same, but when I started this agency, we worked with anyone, everyone, we were more locally focused and my clients represent a ton of different kinds of businesses, whether it's a retail shop or, you know, a fun place for kids, like an indoor fun or skydiving, indoor skydiving place, or you name it, and law firms and uh, insurance companies and, and whatever. And so I think when you, when we decided to niche into working only with law firms, uh, you get those same responses, even though I know niching is the way to go and focusing is the way to go. Yeah, it definitely shrinks your 
your market, but how much more powerful is it when you actually get to talk to that potential prospect and you can start to figure out where they are, where they hang out, how they think. Uh, so everything just changes completely. Your marketing, your messaging, how your website appears, the content, you're not writing it for me or men, you're, you're attracting women. So it's completely different. And then all of a sudden, when the right person's on your website or introduced to your material, your social media, or they meet you in a room, it doesn't matter. They immediately go, Hey, this person's for me. Right. And so that's the big difference that people, you know, yeah, there is a, like for me, we're not going to run out of law firms to work with. I mean, there's no way, but, and you can go even, I can, I can go super niche and go, we only do social media for estate planning attorneys if I wanted to. Right. So we can get really deep into it. So I, I just think it makes a lot of sense and you're going to see, you know, the rewards from it for sure, but you got to stick to it. And I think that's the harder part too, is uh, you can still take on other clients. You're just not actively marketing right. and, you know, advertising for all those. But if, you know, I assume you still take some, some cases that are not, or some clients that are not women, uh, that's up yeah. to you. I always say, I love men. I married one. <laughs> I'll help them. And you know, interesting, Kevin, I do, I market to women. I focus on women, right? I do put that message out there. When you meet me, it's, you know, it's pretty clear. Like I, you know, listen, look at what I'm wearing. I, this is what I wear in client conferences. I, you know, I'm very unapologetic about who I am and how I help clients. A lot of men approach me and say, I want my wife to have you in her corner if something happens to me, or I want my daughter or daughters to have you in their corner because I don't want them to be searching for someone to help them who they feel uncomfortable with or have put in, you know, just because I'm comfortable with this person, you know, they are not going to be. And I've actually more and more and more have had that situation too, which I'm super grateful for the recognition for that dad, for that husband to recognize they're not going to be dealing with this estate. <laughs> it's their wife and or their daughter who is going to deal with this estate. And so they, you know, they need some forward thinking there. So yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, like you said, you know, you can niche down, you can go super close and the key, and I know that you know this, and this is the message for your clients that you share with them is make it as easy as possible for the person on the other side to understand that you can help them and who they need to help them because, you know, there's a wide array of attorneys out there and it's confusing and we have a bad enough rap as it is generally, <laughs> right? When you go out there and look at rep polls and everything, you know, make it easy for them to like, know, and trust you and to know that you're the right attorney for them. And that's what you do for clients. A hundred percent. And, you know, stay on message. I mean, I just see some, so many websites for lawyers that are, they're like the definition of the practice area or the, the law itself or something like that. And it's just like, doesn't connect with anybody. It doesn't really speak to anyone. And I think it's maybe by design because they don't want to, you know, push anyone away, but then nothing's compelling to anyone. It's just blah. And where versus you can get very specific, that right person feel comfortable. That ideal prospect is going to be like, this is exactly what I've been looking for, even though they didn't know they were looking for it potentially. And a good point too. I mean, my wife handles pretty much everything. So can you practice in Virginia? Cause you know, need some help. <laughs> no, but I'll find some, I always tell people, I'll find somebody that you'll feel comfortable with. In fact, yeah. I already know two people that I could tell you. <laughs> yeah. And actually I need to do some stuff in that, to be honest with you. But yeah, to your point, I was telling Amy, it's like, so yeah, I'm, you know, we're men, we almost die every day doing something stupid. So 
And if not, we still might not outlive the women anyway. So yeah, you know, statistically gotta have... speaking, I'm going to help your wife and not you. It's just, it's yeah. a numbers game for me. <laughs> I'm cool with and that. that. <laughs> but that's, so that's a really interesting kind of angle though, is that you're appealing to women. You're trying to get the women, but you're having husbands come to you because they're recognizing that. So uh, that, that's really interesting there. So next question, really. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've taken a deep dive into Amy's uh, marketing already, but what are you doing? You know, what has worked well for you to get clients? The things that yeah. you've been doing since you started, what, what's bringing clients into your door? Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. So because I literally here in Atlanta sort of started from scratch, right? So it's changed. The journey has changed. And of course, for everyone out there, COVID had cha has changed things. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think it really kind of comes down to relationship building on, you know, I look at my marketing, like the, oh, cannot remember the name of the Greek, thing, but pillars, right? So there's pillars holding up the building and the building is my business, right? And you enter into my building and I help you, but I need something to hold it up. And what I hold it up for me is pillars. And so relationship marketing is really important for me. So creating relationships with other professionals out there that also help my clients. So that's one thing. And that's the big- yeah. Okay. Referrals, personal referrals from other professionals, you know, attorneys, CPAs, insurance advisors, real estate attorneys, financial advisors, main, the main focus of who refers me business. And then of course you have to have an online presence and, you know, what I did in the beginning is not what I do now. And so the way I, and, and you know, you do these in certain percentages at certain times in your business, like how much energy and resources you're going to put towards them. And so now what I do is I really do and am trying to focus on where I'm going to fall in someone's search for Google. And that's shifted for me over the last few years for a few different reasons. And I would say that during COVID, I had a very large percentage of my business really come to me and convert with me through Google. And that's not necessarily a pitch to go buy Google stock. I'm just saying that it worked for me and sustained me very well during that time where relationship building wasn't as much of an opportunity for me. And so now that, you know, the landscape is changing a little bit, yes, my relationship building is on the rise again, that personal relationship building. But my goal is, is to keep my online referral base still coming my way. So it's really kind of a combination. And then of course, like you, the number one marketing anyone should have is, is you treat the clients you have very well. And more my clients are sending me, me business or... I have had several instances lately where someone did not hire me for various reasons, but they sent me people <laughs> and they're like, it's not a right fit for me, but you're a right fit for this person. And that person will hire me. So I think it's threefold. I think you need to attack it at all angles, but you can't lose the opportunity of having a presence online. And you're right. It needs to be the right. It needs to be consistent across the board, what you're doing one, two, and three. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, you can't beat referrals. 
you can't beat a client referral or you did just good work. So they tell their, their neighbor, their brother or sister, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah, you can't beat that. So that's, for me, it's like anyone watching, that's the standard. You're starting a business, you have to do good work and that will pay back in dividends for sure. But I also like what you said too, where this happens to us too. It might not be a fit for us to work with us, but they might refer us to someone who does need the help, you know, cause that's what it firms all the time that are just crushing it way, you know, just, you know, they're not moving, they're not changing. That's totally fine. We have a, I have a colleague that started his own firm. He needs all the help that you guys provide. So, so it's always worth talking to people and having good conversations and just being real and things will come back your way for sure. And then I always tell people this, like, you know, you love referrals, you build the relationships. Think of Google as the other referral source you don't, you didn't have. And if someone needs your help, it's a, a woman, a wife, she needs the help. She's looking for someone just like you, but she happens to Google instead of asking a friend or a colleague or a professional, wouldn't you still want to be there? Um, and then she gets in your content, your website and goes, wow, I have to call right now. Yeah, take advantage of that. Make sure you show up, have good messaging, good content, be worth its weight in gold for sure. So yeah, I love everything you're doing. What is some of the plans, future growth that you have? I know you're, you've mentioned some some big things or some restructuring kind of going on. So what are, what are some of the, the goals that you have for the next, say, year, two years? Yeah, so I, you know, estate planning is really sort of much more than just like a wills and trusts, right? So there's all different types of estate planning. And I do focus on a particular demographic, meaning, you know, I do focus female-oriented estate planning. But more and more, I think estate, uh, women are becoming business owners, you know, I had my own journey, right, of not, it it wasn't a good fit for me, lifestyle wise, but really, personality and culture wise for me to be in a big law environment, in house environment in corporate America, like the structure that was built there. I, you know, I needed a different sort of structure. And I think more and more women are not wanting to go into the structure that is built for them. And so I think they're creating opportunities, creating their own businesses. Some of them call them side hustles. Some of them call them, you know, businesses, whatever you want to call them. So that's one of the big and exciting things that I think here at Atlanta Wills and Trust that we're doing is we're partnering partnering with a lot of different other types of professionals to create an environment where a female who is a business owner, you know, and she may even consider her business owner business, you know, a third or fourth priority for herself, or she might consider it her number one priority, but I want her to have a safe place where she can almost figure out what kinds of resources she needs, whether it's estate planning resources, insurance, tax advice, business attorney, real estate professionals, there's all sorts of things that touch something like that. Mm-hmm. And instead of her having to go to 15 places, I think she should have a hub of places to go where she could like know and trust all of these individuals and feel comfortable with them all. And so I think that's an opportunity that we're definitely exploring here. And um, I think that it's not, there isn't anything out there like that. And I like to fill niches where there isn't anything. It's not that I mind competing with others. It has nothing to do with that, but it's just that I feel good about building things out that don't exist. And so that's one of the things that's really exciting. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really interested in in reaching out more, currently writing a book about estate planning for women. It's about halfway done and. Oh, wow. Awesome. 
Yeah. I, again, I think just like we touched upon yesterday, whether they realize it or not, but women literally the, the trigger to get them to call me, the trigger to get them to do, to make any sort of contact is typically a, there's a different motivation, a different why behind why they do that versus when a man does it. And there's also a different process that they go through and they don't even know sometimes the choices that they're allowed to make. And so I'm really interested in, in doing more education around this and whether they come to me for it or not, it doesn't matter. It's just really important that they get it done and really important that they understand what choices they have ahead of them. Yeah, I love it. I, I like the whole kind of piece in there for like women entrepreneurs as being kind of part of what you're, you're doing as well. I'd like to say I'm a, you know, fairly big part of my region here in Virginia. We have about seven cities called Hampton Roads. Uh, there's a lot of entrepreneurship programs and startup programs and a lot of help. And I'm part of some boards and stuff like that. Uh, there's some women only groups, women in technology and kind of what you were just saying that there definitely lacks, I think, a resource like that, that I know of even where we're at, but for those resources. And, you know, I try to help our clients or young entrepreneurs that I know, women or men, yeah, CPAs, lawyers, referrals, whatever. And I try to keep a list of, for the company, for my whole company. If we have a client that's like, hey, I need a CPA, we have a sheet of trusted people mm -hmm. that we can refer them to just so we can help. Uh, but I, I think pulling that together, because you're thinking about like wills and, and trust, especially for a business owner, you know, they get pretty more, they get a lot more complicated than if you just have a job and a home and that's it <laughs> versus like you have businesses, properties, other things that get mixed in into that. So yeah, that, well, and sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'll just say, I, I just love that angle you're taking and creating that hub, that resource. It's a ton of sense. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I sort of see it in two ways. One is, you know, a lot of companies have recognized the need to sort of support certain disparate groups that haven't necessarily developed as well as they would like. So they have diversity and inclusion programs. They have women, you know, women programs. And I think that needs to translate over to the small business arena better. And I think that it's really incumbent upon me as a professional in the small business arena to create the same like opportunities. But I think also, you know, one thing just from like a pure human behavior standpoint, or even just a pure, I, I can't put my finger on the right word for it. But I speak with so many women who have started these businesses. And they're high six figure, seven figure businesses. And they still call them side hustles. And they don't even themselves recognize the respect it should be given professionally well, you did the same thing you said you kind of exactly did you know you had you were a practicing attorney that uh, happened to own a law firm but you didn't recognize it as that right so my goal is is no i want you to understand the value and appreciate what you've built and i want it to be preserved for your family if something happens to you if you become incapacitated or yeah. pass away How do you i don't what you're doing yeah, I want you to respect what you've built. And then I want to create other professionals around you that support that. And so, so many women have just like sort of been on a call with me and they're like, wow, I just never thought of it that way. And I'm like, yeah, you've built it. You, it's amazing that you've built it. Let's make sure that it does, you know, it gets the respect that it needs in your, in your planning. And so that's 
you know, that's kind of the twofold thing that I think that is really exciting stuff that we're looking forward to doing. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I love it. Definitely different than something I've, I've heard or we've had on the show. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. And I'm not a woman, but I don't fit in the corporate structure either. Mm-hmm. I am not hireable, if you will. But uh, yeah, so I, I encourage everyone I talk to. And if it's not right for you, maybe there's a reason. Maybe you should be doing your own thing. But yeah, accept it, um, own it, and go all in. So, but it's a lot. It's a lot easier when you have some resource or somewhere to turn to. I think most people just they don't even know what to do to start a business because they've never ran a business. Right. Or attorneys specifically, they're great attorneys or good at the law, and now they have to run a business. Like they don't know how to run a business. So there's a lot of things to learn real quick. <laughs> yeah, and we make mistakes. Attorneys don't like to admit it. But, you know, all of us have made mistakes along the way of entrepreneurship and, you know, they call it, I joke, they call it the practice of law, but they should call it the practice of business also. Right. And it's because we'll make a decision. You just have to own it, move on and make a different decision if it didn't work out for you. That's funny, Mike. So I have uh, two kids. My daughter is seven and my son's 10, but I talk to them about business all the time because even though I, I, I'm with college. I was never a great student. It was terrible. And so for me, though, with my kids, I'm like, hey, if you don't want to go to college, you're going to start a business. Like, But if you decide you're not going to start a business, you need to go to college. But they, I talk about this all the time because I just, I'm just consumed by entrepreneurship. But my daughter the other day came and she like drew out her plan for like an ice cream shop that she was going to start. And I was like, yes. So yeah, I'm all yeah. about that kind of stuff and getting in their minds early that, hey, you don't have to go do one of these careers or go to college or whatever. If you don't want to, you know, do your, do what you want to do. Yeah. I have a 16 year old and an 18 year old. So my daughter is a freshman in college. She's actually getting a business degree and she knows that she's going to be in business for herself. Like she already knows it. She's like, yep. And you know, the statistic is, is they are going to be at some point during their lives. And I tell my son all the time and I tell her still, even though she's already in college, I say, you know, Listen, if, even if you don't want to go to college, you know, go and take the classes that interest you to explore where you could, you know, where you're going to project to. And if anything, just get a business degree, get it in accounting, get in finance, get it in marketing, getting something because you're going to own a business. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. At least use, you know, get something that you can apply to the business you're going to start. You also meet people, make connections and have, you know experiences that you won't get to have again. Listen, so, I have a degree in archaeology. <laughs> and so I wanted we'll to get... talk about that the whole time instead. Like <laughs> I, I watched uh, Exhibition Unknown like every night. I love that show. Yeah, I love um, it too. And uh, you should be featured on there. So <laughs> I always joke that one day I'm going to disappear and my kids will get a postcard and it's from some dig somewhere. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you know, mom's going to disappear one day and, you know, that day is coming because I'm almost an empty nester. <laughs> You'll be in Nepal or like in on Everest or who knows what. So you'll see me in the background with them. <laughs> Josh Gates and Amy. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. All right. Well, anything else you oh, I forgot to uh, put up your website. Uh, please check Amy out. Go to her website here, AlanaWilsonTrust.com. I'll put that in the comments as well. Uh, when do you believe your book will be available? Ah, I love it. Ooh. Put the pressure on me. Yes. It's done by the weekend, right? Okay. Yeah. So I anticipating I'm, I'm anticipating that it'll be finished and in sort of an editing process by mid October. 
I have an October one goal, but I've heard through very good sources that you should always pad that. And so I imagine it's going to be an editing then, and then hopefully, you know, around the holidays, just exactly what you want to give for the holidays is a book on death and money. But it's actually an important time of year because there is actually, statistically speaking, you know, families come together, they Mm -hmm. see things they hadn't seen in the past about their family, aging things, behaviors, dysfunctions. And you really do think about these things during the holiday, who is the right people, or at least you could and should be thinking about these things. And so I think it's actually an appropriate time of year um, to think about these things. And I consider estate planning the gift that you're giving your family. And so I always tie that in. I always tie estate planning to gift giving because it really truly is. And so I will encourage you, Kevin, to give the gift of estate planning to your family and wrap that up. I'll give you some, I'm going to email you a few people. (laughs) Heck yes. I'll uh, definitely do that. And then also, you know, I would love to get a copy of your book. I'll be happy to pass that to my wife and others. Um, But yeah, that's a good point. I mean, these are things that we're going to have to face and deal with. Um, It's just being prepared and protecting what you've spent your life building. So, mm-hmm. and then protecting the ones you love. So it makes a ton of sense to me. And I know uh, if there's another estate planner uh, local here uh, that I know, they they put out their own book called Before You Go, I believe. Um, and they give it to their clients. They don't make money off it. They don't sell it. It's just a way for them to give it to their clients when they, they come on board or they'll send it out to anyone that's interested before they become a client. So it's just a good tool um, it's got a lot of good information in there. Not women specific, of course. It's two old white guys, but it's a great, a great book to to have and to read. And I have a copy of it here somewhere, but I just got a new office, so I don't know where it's at. But uh, I think it's a great idea. Uh, what's the title of the book going to be called? Uh, working is title is yeah. Working title is why women need wills. Okay, excellent. Yeah. All right, everyone. So, so keep an eye out for that Amazon bestseller. That's right. I'll be reading it to my kids around Christmas. <laughs> Why mommy needs a will. Yeah. That's right. So. Well, I appreciate you coming That's on today. Great. Anything else you'd like to share? Anything, any big news about the firm before we go? Uh, no, I equally, you could find me on all the major social platforms. We are in Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, I have a, a lot of videos out on YouTube as well. I will definitely link this to all of them as well and share this out. Appreciate being on with you and having this conversation appreciate all the time. And uh, yeah, I look forward to being able to share it and and your company with others. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, just thanks for sharing your story. Very unique. So everyone listening, you know, if you picked up some good stuff from this and kind of think about what you're doing, are you niching? Are you focusing? You know, is your marketing message consistent? And are you doing really what you want to do? I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, I like to ask people kind of their journey because I don't want to assume that they just we're uh, wills and trust a state attorney overnight. You know, there's everyone's got a story. Well, I was in, I fell into did this and I was at a personal injury firm and, and they kind of navigate to where they really want to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's important too, is, you know, doing what you love and, and feel like you're actually giving back and doing some good work. So, uh, so that's what Amy's story is. And she's kind of taking that the next step. Uh, with the entrepreneurship and the you know, kind of the hub thing. I like that idea. I'm interested to see more about that. So check out this episode. It'll be up on our website as well as the podcast version within the next couple of weeks. Uh, this is also available right now on YouTube and our LinkedIn, uh, on my LinkedIn. So you can check this out. 
and you're able to share that, Amy, we should be tagging you. And then Amy will be featured on our social media for months to come as we get all the edited content done. We'll give you copies of that as well. So you guys can put that out. So that's it. If anyone needs help with their digital marketing, that's what we do. You can go to raylaw.com, check us out, and I'll uh, be happy to ask any questions you have. Uh, if you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can also reach out to me or one of my team members, and we can try to line up an interview. We are booked out, I think, uh, mostly in through October at this point. But give us a call, and we'll try to get you on the schedule. Amy, anything else? No, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, good pleasure. Uh, pleasure having you on, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. So just hang on. We'll talk backstage for a few minutes. And everyone have a great Tuesday, and we'll see you soon.